North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Well, Gary, in the history of making podcasts, we've only ever had to have a part one and a part two twice. That's right. But this is a good way this to is... extend our podcast to the end of the year, and um, we're going to make Christmas at this, this stage. This is one of those times. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one was Wynn Stevens, and this, of course, on the podcast again today, we have Terry Ken. Welcome back, Terry. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, seems familiar, but here we are again. <laughs> thanks for coming back in. We really do appreciate it. Hey, I had a couple of quick Follow-up questions um, from last week's podcast. Before we get on to some um, other interesting topics and things you've been involved with in North Otago, now, this is my research. When you first moved to Omero, you had to support a rugby team. Mm -hmm. Which one did you end up choosing? Well, I didn't even know the right words. I mean, I later on, with a bit of research, learned about Athies and Blues, um, and eventually, I suppose, Old Boys. And, of course... I got that reinforced with St John because eventually I finished up on duty out there. The and um, and then I found out, of course, the old golds uh, era and, and even before. And, in fact, um, uh, Kenny McGregor, um, who was a um, wonderful um, halfback, yep. um, was um, associated with my wedding. He was there as part of the, the extended wedding party and um, married uh, um, to... To our bridesmaid. Oh. Yeah. So um, so I sort of got, yeah, by default I got um, involved. And, uh, and and if you need a little horror story to bring up the ratings, um, the um, ultimately one time I went out and Kenny McGregor, uh, Ken, the late Ken, of course, um, had, had been given a pretty good knock and, and was technically unconscious and... Some of the team were getting very helpful comments to me about possible procedures, and they were concerned that he might swallow his tongue. It was all the rage at the time that patients that were unconscious would swallow their tongue. And the chap said to me, "Do you, do you have a you know one of those large safety pins? Because you can stick the safety pin through his tongue and haul it out, and that's how you um, you can deal with it." And, and I said, if I try that, I suspect Kenny will wake up, wake up real quick. Um, but I can do it by simply tilting his head back and positioning as is our training and so forth. And uh, the other thing that was quite difficult, if we talk in rugby for a minute, um, I don't know how we quite caught on to the rugby, but um, <laughs> the the thing was that um, uh, that, that was the, during the hero um, era where, you know, everyone played on and injuries were, you know. And so it actually, we finished up with a local rule with North Otago Rugby um, that a member of the uh, the board or the committee or the whatever um, could be appealed to by the St John person who was trying to take somebody off, um, but everybody, in, particularly including the coaches, mm-hmm. was insisting they stay on. Um, and, and we actually had to have this sort of local ruling that said, 
when, when, when the referee won't assist us and the coaches won't assist us, we can appeal to somebody in wow. the grandstand who was, you know, it was amazing that it came to that. And you had to use it? And I had, well, yeah, had, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for goodness sake, we, you know, the, the, we need them to kick, we yeah. need them to kick the goal or we need them to do this or, yeah. or it's interesting because in our lifetimes it's changed so much now to, you know, somebody, um, and of course I got a little bit, there's some embarrassing stories here because you had to carry all your gear and often they give you a cadet and what would and also we had our flash dress hat that we wore in those eras, and when they blew the three whistles, it was the you know the three whistles, mm. and 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 so we'd run out, um, but my hat would always fall off, and that would cause a complete ripple of laughter across the crowd, and the other laughter was that the boy always was the boy cadet always beat us. I mean I could never out sprint mm. some. 12-year-old, I mean, give me a break, <laughs> yeah. you know. So so it bowled on, and, and if I can just be fractionally political here, I eventually, and you guys are going to love this, I eventually said, look, then we also need somebody to go round to the Oval at the A&P for the, um, our association football people, and um, uh, I, I got to go there on a much more regular basis instead of going to rugby, leave the other guys to go to the rugby, and I went round around there. And they found a seat for me to sit in at, at an appropriate place by the sideline. Yeah. And the other interesting thing happened was that you had to be seriously and genuinely injured before the ref thought that was appropriate. And and I'd watch somebody go down, maybe a head strike or something like that, and I'd see somebody go down, the ref would run past... <laughs> And then the ref would run past the other way. And then the next time he'd stop and have a chat. And after a bit of a chat, he'd look around at me and blow three whistles. And I'd come on and do my bit. And then I would retire to the provided seat um, and wasn't required again until um, there were no Hollywoods. There was no room for we need a break. Let's call the St John people out with their magic water. Mm. Um, that uh, That didn't happen. I digress. It was, <laughs> well, it was the good old days when, good old days, when yeah. with rugby, you, you, the only way you were allowed to be subbed off was when you were injured enough. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it was so. interesting, interesting times. Yeah. And the next thing, and I just see how things have gone for full circle. So you come back, you had to drink a certain beer, support a club, and know about yeah. harness racing. Now, I can imagine you've got an interest in harness racing now, considering <laughs> one of your grandchildren has evolved. Well, well, you're, that's a good. Oh, that's good spotting. You see, that's that's not uh, that general affairs. That yeah. Yeah, that, that lets me know that you're keeping an eye on things. That's good. When I, in my early days, another well-known person was um, Ian Paul. Ian Paul was in St John, and Ian took me out my first trip out to the races, and and it was the trots. And he explained to me with great length. He explained to me that if it's if if they if they're um, if it's racing, uh, we follow them round, but because because um, you know pacing harness racing was 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 a much safer activity. They don't require the ambulance to follow round. It just sits in the birdcage, and from time to time there might be the odd incident, and you might have to come out. So that's lovely. So off they started, and they took off, and as they went down the back straight, and I'm looking sort of with wide eyes as a new chum. Um, there's horses, sulkies, shafts, horses, everything's going everywhere on the far side. Like, wow. And so we start up the vehicle and they pull the gate open for us and we race around and and there's stuff getting fixed. And there's one chap there who could obviously 
chest injury, couldn't hardly breathe. He'd obviously had a good crack there. And as I'm sort of bending down and starting to have a look at him with my offsider, Ian Paul, um, you suddenly became aware of the fact that the ground was drumming because they were coming around for the second lap. <laughs> um, and here we were. So we had to grab the fellow and drag him quickly without any further assessment, drag him under the rail to get, and then they all, the whole field pounded through. Yeah. Um, and so I sort of said to Ian afterwards, well, I thought you said nothing happened at the trots. You know, it sort of, <laughs> yeah, well, so that was, so of course years have gone by and you've tied it up to the fact that um, when my daughter was growing up, I did the obligatory parent thing and we, we had a horse for a while and I hired horse trailers and I took them to camps. They had to go to camp, all the way to all the way to Arrowtown for a holiday camp for my daughter. Um, and then as 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 like granddaughters came along and there were plenty of them, they um, they all took their turns at, at um, they happened to have another grandma that had a horse and, and so they all got involved with horses and yeah. did did various things and um, proud of them all and, and, and what they did. And, and uh, you're right because uh, Brookie, the youngest of the of those three, um, went away on uh, uh, representing North Otago along with many other things. And the question was, you know, where, where does this lead in terms of employment? Um, you can't keep playing teenage horse, um, schoolgirl horse events. Going to Springston trophies is wonderful. Mm. Uh, doesn't bring in the money. So um, money's already going out to the horses. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, the upshot of it is that they lived at that stage not so far away from one of our very well-known um, trotting people, and she was asked to come along and help look after some horses. She clearly had a way with them. And then she joined part of the family that's now based at the, the, the race course and uh, works on a full-time basis. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's moved through to, um, uh, and I know because she... Did the uh, did the license first? Because it's quite a like any important activity. There's there's a proper structure to it, and so she finally went, um, having done all the exercising of the horses and doing all the various tasks. She um, did the exam to let you actually take a horse in the trials. This is a long way short of the New Zealand Cup. Um, this is going out to, to actually go in the trials. You actually have to do a theoretical and actual practical test quite I was quite amazed at how it was because it they the the, the tester said to them things like um, please go and do so many meters in so many seconds and then slow up and do so many meters in so many other seconds to be able to go out and pace take a horse at a certain clip uh, wow so anyhow they moved on to the fact that the the very very supportive um, trainer that she now works for for has um, Got her out to the first trial, so 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 there. And that's the Williamson family, isn't it? That is yes. that is part of the Williamson family. We did interview the dad on yeah. a few podcasts. Yeah, well, this is one of the yeah, yeah, one, one of the sons. One of the sons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and so um, so she has found an extension to to the very popular um, growing up wanting to be part of the horses the horse journey, which is. Um, you know, for some people, they might consider it out of, out of reach or an indulgence or whatever you want. But I've, I've read the important books that go with it, and that says any kid that gets up early mm. 
stays up as long as it takes, goes straight after school. By the time you've cared for a horse, cared for you know animals in an appropriate way, um, and done that, they've learnt discipline. Yeah. They've learnt what, what it means to be on this earth and do the. So so you know Just never learns good values. Oh, good values, and and, and, there, and there she goes on with yeah. her. Um, <laughs> With her journey and, and, you know, how far will it take her? But yeah. she's young enough to, you know, that could be quite a one, wonderful career. Right. Good just, spotting. Good spotting. Excellent. That was good. I just changed. I asked two questions. We're 10 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> no, so, no. Sorry. I'm, no, no, it's not you. No. I want to get on to musical theatre because we have an amazing um, group of people in this district who are passionate about musical theatre, the Dan Martins, the yeah. Sonia Creedies, the people that, and you probably can name a million others. So what was your involvement with musical theatre? Well, firstly, you said... Uh, Dan, and of course he was one of my cadets at St John, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah. And, uh, and and that links back to Radio Waitaki, that mm. links back to musical theatre. Um, now, the story was that as a kid, um, uh, I'd been sent by my mum. Um, I keep being sent places, but I got sent along to a very lovely lady along the road and and it was those little concerts that you put on and, and you sing little songs and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then... My dad played in a dance band and in Auckland and my mother and my aunt were dance band widows. Um, and, and so when I was 10 and 11 years of age, I was going to dances and partnering every alternate dance with my mother or my aunt. So I learnt to ballroom dance. Um, by the time I got to intermediate, I was in the ballroom dance display thing for the parents' night, whatever it was. And... Um, and I've explained, uh, I think, in our first session that, that that it all got dropped. Again, let's talk about what happens to people. Um, when I was a kid growing up, before my voice broke, I thought I could sing. And and not only that, but at school I would sing and just spontaneously. There were groups of us that in a, would sing a duet mm. or a trio or a quartet, like I mean, these are boys growing up, you know. We weren't beating the heck out of each other, but nor were we that wussy, but we we would sing. And and it came along to Form 2, and I suppose I must have been getting close to voice-breaking or whatever, and sorry if I insult anyone, but we had an itinerant music teacher arrived at the school, and 30-odd kids in this class probably, and he or she, don't even remember their gender now, um, he or she um, got each kid in the class to stand up one by one by one and sing the first few bars of Swanee River or something. And when I got up to sing mine, the entire class burst out laughing. The teacher laughed. They all rolled around the floor in hysteria at how bad I was. Um, and that stopped, and I, unless I got drunk at somebody's 21st, I, I never sang again until I was 48. Wow. Stopped in the tracks. Thank you, teacher. Yeah. Wonderful upbringing. Yeah. And um, so anyhow, I remember, our, so dance became my thing, and I remember um, going to shows, going, because Omri always had its annual big show um, in the opera house, and I remember saying to Alistair Berry, um, who's currently not only a life member but he's the patron these days and people know Alistair for his radio and various other things. And I said to Alistair, 
how do you get to be in Omru Operatic if you can't sing? And he laughed at me and he said, oh, it's a bit pointless really because it's an organisation for people that sing. And uh, anyway, so time went by and uh, I met my second wife and she'd just been in a couple of shows. She'd been in, 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 in shows and doing can-cans, dancing and doing all sorts of bits and pieces. So anyhow, I got dragged, not dragged along because I probably wanted to go deep down and a wonderful lady we all know, also a life member, Mary Pringle, um, was on the piano for the audition. And the deal was that I just would sing along. There would so be two of us singing. So the music started and I sang and no one else did. Um, so apparently I could sing. And so I uh, went in my first show. And, of course, if you're a male and you're prepared to do movement or dance and you want, and you turn up at a musical theatre... Uh, they probably got a part for you, yeah. you know, pretty much. And um, so off it went. And um, uh, I'd started off being an, a waiter at a theatre restaurant. Then I went in a show that year. Then I went in the show every year. And sometimes we had big shows and then we had a theatre restaurant. So you wound out of the big show and then on the, you know, parked out, said goodbye, wound it down and everyone went, Phew. We can now rest, but rehearsals for the next theatre restaurant started the following week. You know, so huge commitments through the winter, uh, huge commitments of time, and and I just loved it. Um, and I loved it because we were working with people with real talent, and we've had people that you know really can make a part come alive. Their voices are amazing. Um, but they're not standing out the front doing solo shows. The stage needs to be filled. And the person standing over here, and, and I said, well, how am I going to cope? And they said, oh, don't worry about Terry. We'll put you in the back row of the chorus, you know, yep. doing the best. <laughs> Blow me down. Um, the first show, they set the scene, and they stood me beside Anne Willits. Anne Willits has an amazing soprano voice, strong, beautiful, still in great demand today. And I had to try and sing the boy's part, less than a metre from a lady singing the lady's part. Hopeless. And then, so I'm still backing my chances of getting in the back row of the chorus, and the next director comes along, or the director comes along in the next show, and and... And need and we need five men walking in from this side and five men walking in there and they want them in the right place at the right time. And um, uh, David Blair is a good name to mention. David Blair got to lead the right-hand side and I got to loop because both of us could be relied to be on in step, be in the right place at the right time. I'm up the front again. And that kept happening <laughs> for 20-odd years. And, um, uh, yeah, so fought my way through it as best I could. Um, so dance, music theatre. But as happens every time I get involved, the answer was eventually on the committee yep. and eventually take my turn as the, as, as the president and then at other times uh, this, that. And... It happened. Um, it happened in all the organisations. And in, in, in St John, I did a. I was asked to step in as a young man to take over the division because there was problems and problems of you know just structured the way it was operating. And 
And after five years, I completely burnt myself out. And I said to the lady in charge, Mrs. Coomer at the time, well, there we are. I'm stepping away. I've had my turn. I'll have a break and go in the background for a while. And she said, I've got just the job for you. And it turned out to be five years of running the youth side of it. Mm. Um, and it's the same thing happened uh, somewhat in, in, in musical theatre. And people keep finding a job. And even after I'd been th- right through the mill, whatever, the then chair and people came along and said, oh, Terry, we, we need... We need a we need a treasurer, yeah. so I finished up being treasurer of this and treasurer of that, and that's probably um, from the musical theatre point of view. Um, I put my hand up to go to conferences. Sometimes I went to conference on my own; no one else was available. Getting on a plane, going mm. to Napier, turning up, you know, and being gathered in by other people. So that's really what happened: was that the work I did at a national level as well as a local level. Um, resulted in a merit award from the national organisation, as well as a life membership from, yeah. uh, you know, from the local group. Um, and I guess, like a lot of um, things, you sometimes you feel a bit of a fraud when you look at you look at the amazing people that have been a life member of an organisation, mm. and then suddenly someone says that you're worthy or calls you to a thing, and you know, gives you a bunch of flowers and a lovely certificate and a. And the bunch of flowers is the joke. Is the in joke about that is that I used to protest at all in lots of places. A woman would 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 do well in some activity and get a bunch of flowers. Yeah. And the bloke would do the same job and be recognised by a shake of the hand. Yeah. And I used to protest and say, <laughs> "How can they get the flowers?" And I don't. So, so the joke of it, of course, is that some of the people that know that now, when yeah. I get in, well, they give me a bunch of flowers as well. So, oh, well yeah. done on yeah. equality. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So, one of the other jobs you got given yeah. um, while you were president, mm-hmm. I think, was mm-hmm. um, working on the Opera House project, the, yeah. the big upgrade of that in the, yeah. um, you know, two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. 2006. 2006, and 2007, ongoing. Yeah. ongoing. There was a few years. Yeah, it would, yeah, well, it was. And and the idea, of course, is it was going to be 100 years old and it was long since not fit for purpose. Um, I'd been on the stage with the Royal New Zealand Ballet and the trick that when the New, Royal New Zealand Ballet comes to Omaru, they always get invite, or any town, really, uh, they, they'll invite kids from the local dance schools and that particular year they invited a few adults. So good old David Blair and Terry and got involved. Um, I, I got a bit typecast. Um, um, David got the job of carrying a, de- a, a, a pig or something for the feast. I got the job of being the count. I, I always got the job of being the... Well, you have a, that ear yeah, of nobility. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes yeah. I, I know. It, it happened lots of times. <laughs> it, it, people, yeah, I'd be in a show and, and, and the person's supposed to wear a black leather jacket in Greece, so I had the part, but they gave me a nice styly jacket. It was really nice. Um, but anyway, the upshot of it, because you are talking about the Opera House, is that I've been there and we had the sloping floor. It was absolutely brilliant for when it was built in 1907 because whatever seat you were in, you could see up the thing because the floor sloped towards you, so the people at the back were visible. Um, but in the end, of course, the Royal New Zealand Ballet said, look, this is the only place we come to which we're in grave danger of all of us breaking our ankle. We're probably never coming again. It's it's done. And and a few other things happened. And there was a little, um, as so often happens in this town, a little group of, when you, when you think of, say, um, uh, new new um, centres for sports centres and things like that. A group of interested people start to get together and start to do some groundwork. 
um, rather than leaving it entirely to the elected or paid people. And and so ultimately there was a, a coffee club, coffee morning that I didn't get part of, but eventually it became a working party and ultimately that group became a properly formed um, uh, subcommittee of council. And, and for a variety of reasons, I became the nominated person on that and it wasn't possible to have every stakeholder, if you will, or every interested group that would use, everybody couldn't be on it. Um, so I, my job was not only to represent musical theatre, but but think of the of the tap dancers and the ballet and the, everybody else. Pretty pretty special from my point of view because the, the, the committees were made up of elected councillors and and officers, paid officers of the council, and one member of the community. Um, and I'm quite proud of that. One member of the community um, responsible for putting out the point of view forward. Um, and that was a governance role, but we were reported to and we played our part from those who were managing the project. And, and again, the respect, and people don't, I really appreciate, like, for instance, the day we were time, it was time for somebody to choose the architect and the various architects were, were, were um, uh, interviewed. Um, and, and so councillors were there appropriately and the various group managers, the appropriate people were there. Um, so I couldn't sit at the councillor's seat and I couldn't sit at the paid officer's seat. So they found me one little school desk and a chair. And I sat nowhere in particular. I wasn't in that group and I wasn't in that group, but I had a prime spot in my little single chair and the whatever. Um, like, as in, we, we didn't, I didn't have to go away and not be there because I wasn't anybody. And so wonderful that they found a way of saying, well, he should be there. Um, but it wasn't my job to ask questions yeah. or, or do anything in particular, except you're I wasn't a, hidden. You're in a class of your own. Oh, I felt very classy and, <laughs> and, and, and followed it through and, and, and what we did. And, and so it was an interesting exercise because, um, you know, it got controversial, controversial and I'm disappointed at that um, because I, I told lots of people, so what are you recommending? Are you suggesting that this building, which is no longer fit for purpose, uh, are you thinking that we should get a couple of decent, bu- a couple of builders' planks? Do we want a couple of boards nailed across the front doors? Is this what your plan is? And the answer is, we really come on. Yeah. And I found out later, of course, that it was very similar to when it was built. A lot of money came from outside of Omaru, and the percentages turned out to be the same. The project finished up at ten point three. It did not run up ten point three million. We only had to find $3 million locally and all the rest of the money came from somewhere else. As it had in 1907, so it did in 2007. We only had to find $3 million. That's That's a bargain. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and even today I shrug my head and select another page when somebody else writes something on, you know, on social media about, and the project ran over budget and everything, and the answer is, no, it didn't. Yeah. It cost us a lot of money. No, it didn't. Yeah. It was, we, it was. A, so, so now we got that <laughs> wonderful asset, and we got some wonderful people, and they, they did things like, like we had to come and talk to the engineering people, and and I learnt about um, the problem with unreinforced masonry, yeah. and the engineers said to us, "Do you know that those wonderful blocks, a meter or more thick, have to be displaced by at least one third before they actually fall over?" The same with a metal, with a with with, with if you're building a building and it's metal, um, 
the actual girders will displace when they move out one third. So think of a small girder moving out one third compared to a great big block of Omru stone moving out one third. Yeah. But of course, everyone knows the book says unreinforced masonry is no good. Mm-hmm. So our engineers built a brilliant tie around the top of the fly tower, which gave us a brilliant grid on which to put new new bits and pieces of machinery and we got a flat floor and we got better seating and and we did lots of things and, and yeah. So very proud of that. That's and then really we, good. You've left a mark in Omaroos. Well, you know, and, and you had little had tiny marks. Yeah. And how amazing, and I'm going to tie it in again, that you were awarded your Citizen Award in that building that you spent many, many hours making sure it would be the best asset for our town. So I think that's pretty good, isn't it, Gary? It went full circle. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because I was sitting in the room and some of those things and, yeah. um, you know, interviewing the, the architect and uh, or the, I think there was three companies that we got mm. interviewed and trying to figure out the, the best one. And one of them who seemed to, um, you know, hang mm. their hat on the mistake that they made in Invercargill. Mm. Um, I'll never forget that. Mm. Ne- ne- never highlight your mistakes when yeah. you're doing that, going for these jobs. Mm. But um, no, it, it was a, a big process. The I think the budget. I mean, the thing was the budget moved because the the whole project increased over time. We ended up with much more than was originally planned, but it serves its purpose very well. And yeah, handing you your citizens award, um, mm, you know, that, that in, in that building was very special. So mm. yeah, it was it was great. Um, a great legacy as mm. far as one of the things that you've been involved in. Well, it almost been yeah. emotional, was it? Um, almost? Did, yes, uh, because, I, because be. I got, because yeah. we did a shakedown show. Yeah. You yeah. see, they, 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 they were going to have the opening in the following year, but we did a shakedown show and we put on Oklahoma yeah. and, and, and I and I stood on stage again. Mm. I stood on the new stage and and appropriate, you know, an appropriate part for my age, mm. and and singing yet again and dancing, doing things yet again on on the stage. But lots of little wonderful things that happened. You know, that we had a particularly wonderful group manager uh, at that stage that was involved, and I got invited to go on the panel to select our inaugural. Director of the of the Opera House, and um, again, you see this this opportunity that, pe- that people don't realise just how how thrilled you are with something. An opportunity to go and and Richard McGuire that we that we chose um, set that place up and got it running really you know extremely well. But to be invited by 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 somebody within management of the of council to say well. Um, you know, you've been following the project through. Let, you know, come and sit on the selection panel Brilliant. to to do that. So, you know, those are all the little bits and pieces. Don't get mentioned with your, you know, in your list of what you might have done for a citizens' yes. award or something. But um, that's good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Just going to change yet again. Um, so we've got two more interests that I know of, and there's possibly a lot more. But you've been involved with civil defence and Forty Five South. But we'll start off with. Civil Defence, what's your involvement there and how long have you been? Because there's some good people in Civil Defence, like, right. isn't there? They, yep. they are amazing, salt of the earth, just honest, straight people. You, you know, they just, yeah. You've got it. Yeah. You've got it. The, the, there's, there's two aspects of that for me. Mm. And they started as a very young person. Mm. Um, 
in, in my first years with St John, um, we took part in exercises, and the the controller um, at the, was Dr Fitzgerald, and of course he'd 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 taken us in this town through World War Two, um, so he was very much of that's how it was done. So it was a bit, yeah. I won't say amusing, but if you're on reflection, you know, it was really just replicating what was being done then. And um, and something else happened, and that was that I, we, at that stage, we had air services coming into Omaru, and not quite sure of the process, but an associated thing was the Airport Ground Safety Committee. And, and, and somebody contrived to put me on as the St John or medical person on the Airport Ground Safety Committee. And... As it, different roles changed and different, I seemed to stay on it, and I stayed on the airport ground safety committee from from the beginning to the um, right through till um, the, uh, the the air services stopped and we no longer needed an air. But the beauty of all that was that I therefore set up, helped set up exercises, turned up faithfully for all the things that we did, did the meetings, did the whatever, and I managed to. We must have had at that stage. We must have had a friendship, Fokker friendship coming in at one point. And it must have stayed overnight one at one point. I can't remember exactly. I managed to jack up that we had the the exercise with the Fokker friendship available. And so I jacked up patients. Now, my father-in-law, which I'd mentioned earlier, um, uh, was crippled. So I had him as one of the patients. And his um, disability meant he couldn't be bent in the middle. And I had him down the far end of the plane and the poor old team doing the exercise had to get he out and and other people, excuse me, <clears throat> to, to get them out um, and do the... And we did lots of other exercises. Sometimes it was just the, the local Cessna from the club or whatever it might be. So that was... That ran through. That ran through. I might have a little bit of water here. Yeah. As long as it's just water, Terry. Hmm. I didn't see anything. I did not you, see. Any- do, you, do you serve something else here, Damien? Well, give me yeah. one. I didn't. Know. I didn't see anything else on. Yeah. Um, right. So, so that was sort of an offshoot that I did on top of, and as well as civil defence. And as it went through civil defence, and and moved through to particularly when I was a paid full time manager for St John, um, I was there, and we came. So if. I can't even recount all the names going back of people. Like it would be a, like a shame because, you know, there was there was Doug Walker that ran the radio side of things for civil defence, and there was Doug Walker that, at one stage, that was in charge of it on our behalf. And we go back, we go back to name. I can't even remember all the names, yeah. but I followed them right through, and absolutely, totally got to believe I was the longest serving person because we did things and. I was political before, and I'll be political again now, and that was that at one stage, of course, the new systems came in for civil defence, and I got sent away twice to Martin. We had, a, for one stage, we had a civil defence um, training school, and and you could get nominated or get selected, I suppose, and I went up once um, as a health module, yep. and another time I went up um, for teaching, you know, um, learning at that stage, so it's a year or two back, learning how to work 16mm movie camp so you could run movies, you know, and things like that you got from the National Film Library and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, so two wonderful trips away with them, stayed on, kept contributing. 
we've got more and more systems going. And at one stage, and this is the political bit, the hospital management at that stage thought that civil defence was just a whole lot of rubbish and it was um, not something that um, the real workers of the world had time for. And so as we tried to put it together with all the various things, the various emergency services and so forth, there was a section where it should have really been dealt with by the hospital under health. And so I had a dual role at one stage for the purpose of the exercise, and I'm talking years, <laughs> I, um, I sort of represented the role not only of ambulance, but also the role of the hospital. Um, in later years, we had different management and different people, and they turned up and did their own bit. Um, but that went on and went on. You just do the, you know, and um, I still remember the, I, I think going back a few years, we one of our biggest um, incidents that we had at that stage, and it became clear, look, it's lovely uh, practising earthquakes and practising various things, but fire and water are there, are, without doubt, and everybody will probably accept this now for North Otago, Waitaki, whatever. Yeah. Fire and water is our problem. It's, an, it's either a flood or, or, or something's burning. Yeah. Um, and particularly go back to 2010, May of 2010, no, not going to forget it, day after day after day of an easterly uh, low sitting off the coast here and, and floods and, and, and you know, that, and, and that's where I did my little role of... Um, trying to send people home that were technically in charge, but they'd been there too long and, and you go home and I'll stay here and run the ship. And, yeah, uh, um, yeah so good, good good, good thing. And you're right. As a result of that, you meet soul-to-the-earth people, yeah. you meet people you can rely on, and um, and one of them um, that I'd met at Civil Defence um, made the mistake of mentioning to me when we were doing a stage four exam thing back in 2017. He made the mis mistake of mentioning that he was selling his business and he suddenly felt an arm on a hand on his shoulder and I um, shoulder tapped him to come and work at the St John shop as a volunteer and he's there to this day. So, yeah. so salt of the earth people. Yeah. You got it. Very good. Um, one of the other things that you've been very involved in, spent a lot of time on is 45 South TV yep. and... Um, you know, you've you've played different roles in that. I think you're still associated with it, but um, yeah, tell us about getting into that. Right. Well, that was um, uh, that, that was that began for me with a community newsletter that arrived on my desk in uh, 2000, and um, uh, Mark Jones, uh, who ran a video shop and various other things downtown, Mark um, put a notice out around the community in 2000. And invited people such as myself to 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 come and be part of the possible formation of a community community station, and I um, sent it back and declined because I was at that stage there was just too much on the go in the two the organisations. So when I retired in two thousand and seven, um, uh, I was invited round to be interviewed like this, I guess, and and after that. Um, they said, well, now that you're retired, why don't you come and do a little show yourself? You could do a thing called emergency services, or it became emergency services report, because I knew the AMBO, I knew the police chief, I knew the fire chief, I knew the civil defence chief. And so I did that for a while, and it wasn't long before someone said, oh, look, do you want to sit in front of a computer and see how to edit the stuff? And I did that, and then and then it wasn't long before they said, look, hey, we, we've got somebody to go out and cover an event, do you want to take the microphone and and go out and do that. And then another time they said, um, 
do you want to take the camera yourself? <laughs> um, so it. So you don't know how to say no. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think that's what it yeah. comes down to. No, it, it's, it's it's such a short word. It's yeah. such a short. And and I read all these wonderful things that you read the the, the little notes that you read yeah. online about. You do have the right to say no, and and it's come very late in my life. Yeah. Um, so the end result, of course, was that it wasn't long before I was um, I've had a turn at being um, the, the treasurer and doing interviews. And one of our current. One of our current ministers of the Crown, who was at that stage in the opposition, and his current, um, he was a Labour person, and somebody decided, well, actually came to me and said, he's going to be in town, we need to do an interview, and we think you should interview him, okay? And sometimes we had the availability, like Jim Hopkins got to... Um, interview John Key, <laughs> and, and that, but this was an opposition person, so I got that one, and I did a little bit of the research that you need to do, and we got on, and we got talking, and it was quite interesting because I probably relaxed and enjoyed it quite a lot, and they made some statement, and then I said um, something about yeah, but of course at the time that was happening, the exchange rate would have been so and so and so and so and so, and, so. and then they came oh. And they came back and we got on, and we did the whole thing. It's a 20 minute gig. Mm. And then it's finished. And after we hung up our things, he said, Are you a journalist? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. No, but just interesting. If you, no, no. Yeah. But if, if you see, I'd done theatre, so you yeah. can play the part. Yeah. You see, so you can play the. So that was, so that was fine. Um, I'd wanted to be, and I mentioned that in our first session, I wanted to be in, in broadcasting, and it took my retirement to get me there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, as a time when um, radio uh, TV is 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 changing, and um, uh, it's been going now, it took from two thousand to the thirty first of January two thousand and seven for them to get it actually on air. So that was a long development stage, and regretfully, uh, regretfully, some of the preparation was probably spent on preparing for an era that had passed not the era that was to come. And my interest, and I remember the first time I mentioned to the team that, that we might go online and I might have, we might have a, I didn't set up the Facebook page, but I soon got to be the person looking after it and I look after the Facebook page to this day, along with a bunch of others that you mentioned. Um, and and I, um, and, and, and it was heresy because the concept that we would have a Facebook page when we really needed to just put our 100% effort into running a TV station. We still have a transmitter. We're still available up there. Um, and uh, But we also put the same programs on online. And, of course, as we're watching streaming coming and all those other things, yeah. um, you know, it's not unreasonable to say that TV1 and TV3, as we know it today, you know, just won't be perhaps there in 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 uh, ten years' time, yeah. and maybe much less. Yeah. Um, so we're we're with it, and of course, people suddenly realise that that it that we've everyone's a, everyone's a photographer, everyone's a videographer today with their camera. But what with it, do they do with it? They stick it somewhere. They stick it here. They stick it, mm. and then nobody can find it. Um, there's so much to find, and if you can only find it. So, so 45 South um, has a part, but here's the, here's the little bit of a pitch. Um, the problem is that like a lot of other organisations, everyone's ageing, those that were interested, and to actually get people to, to make a commitment to come along to be part of something, 
Yeah. Um, and and I went, and I've got, been to a lot of conferences in my life, and um, I had somebody um, actually some really good ones that St John had reached, uh, in the last year or two or before COVID actually, um, is, is you, use the cricket analogy. We used to go to cricket, people went to cricket, and it was a four- and five-day test match. And to make it better, we finally brought out 50-over one-day cricket. And to make it better, we now got T20. Yeah. So you can go in in the evening, um, watch yeah. the whole thing. And they said, bear this out. There will be some of the new... Not millennia, you know, the new the new generations will be saying, can we not have a version that can be played in an hour? You know, thirty minutes each way for cricket, yeah. and it and and when you actually follow the background the whole long, you know, service organisations activities there are just that's just not what people want to do anymore. Yeah, they they might help. You know, our sports clubs have trouble having working beers on Saturday mornings, and and forty five south, unless it can find a um, what we haven't found yet is mm. to just get people to come in because we said to people we can be all sorts of things like you guys that I'm talking to today talking with you, you could go and do a video and it could be of community worth and you could supply it to us and there's a few that do that but very few and Terry I'm yeah. sorry I'm, I'm going to have to apologise because um, <laughs> oh. you um, I've got another thing I've got to get to, and um, I, I for this is the first time I've had to step out of an interview to go and do that. So uh, well done, you've yep. managed to achieve that. Um, I'm going to leave Damien here and, and to um, finish I'm in and charge. Ter- You're yeah. in charge. Wow, I yes. don't know what to do now. Well, I, I will have to hand you the the keys yeah. to the. I don't know. Yeah. Would, it, would it be um, <laughs> would, would it be out of order for me to say this is not the first time? That I've heard Gary say, I've got another meeting. Yeah. And I have to move on to it. No, it's, uh, I feel he's I mean, It's really normal yeah. for me. I don't know about yeah. you, Damien. Yeah. And with that, I'll say goodbye. All Thank right. you very much. And and great talking to you, yeah. Terry. As you, always. You've done man. a heck of a lot of great stuff. And it's it, I've learned a bit more about you. So uh, well done. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Terry, now that it's gone, let's talk about it, mate. Yeah. Hang well, on, I, well I can. I, I, I've got a few stories. Yeah. Because, of course, um, during my early year or yeah. two, um, uh, in, in the first day, uh, decade that I was involved with St John, um, Gary's father um, was one of my fellow Ambos. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Didn't so, know that. yeah. And he Cess- would have been a wee nip- Cess- Cess- Well, run around then, was he? Well, if we're going to talk stories about him. He's one of the few of their family that didn't come into St John. Is so right? at least a couple of his brothers yeah. were cadet youth yeah. in St John. Yeah. So the Kircher family has a strong St- connection, yeah. as do a surprising number of other people. Yeah. If you're talking of the history of St John, if you're looking at mayors, deputy mayors, people, the, when you go back through the, the names of yeah. people in St John, yeah. um, there's a lot of names that people would recognise and think, oh, gosh, I, I knew he had a business or yeah. I knew he was the mayor. or mm. but I, and, and the Kircher family, um, it's just the same. And, um, and, and I was very privileged to be asked by Gary uh, to come along when, 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 when Gary's dad passed on. Yeah. Um, I was very privileged to be asked to come along and speak uh, on behalf of St John yeah. um, at, at his service. And, uh, and, yeah, I guess Gary and I have uh, shared a whole lot of things because 
Gary, of course, was a member of 45 South. He didn't quite cover that. Oh, was he? Uh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that so, so, so Gary used to come and, and, and it, you know, helping us when we were doing five-day-a-week yeah. five, um, news, news, news bulletins, bulletins yeah. and the end yeah. of that. Gary was one of our presenters, and really only when he stood for mayor that he stood aside as it being maybe better to, yeah. to step aside. And so, yeah, Gary forgot to mention, as he's asking me about 45 South, yeah. he forgot to mention, and... So many other names of people, um, including some of the ones that are um, got mentioned in the paper the other day uh, that have done 50, 50 years medals for being in our radio emergency yeah. corps and things like yeah. that. The, the, the ruler are or were part of 45 South. Yeah. Dan Lewis included. Yep, Dan Lewis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 man. yeah, yeah. but, you know. And, so. and did you have anything to do? I think they call it the bus. That's a search and rescue. Oh, is that? I was I was there or thereabouts, but I yeah. wasn't I wasn't um, I wasn't a, a key player in yeah. in the in the command module. Um, yeah. the, the but that was a wonderful thing. Are I clever men as well. Yeah, well, women involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, yeah. We, again, you see, search and rescue was an automatic flick over for me oh, yeah. from um, being a um, well being in St John. Yeah. and being in civil defence and then search and rescue. And through that, um, I was very lucky to um, to fly with the late Murray McMillan, yeah. um, crewing on that, uh, not a formal organisation, yeah. but but crewing on that. And um, uh, then uh, later in later years, John Oakes, John, um, yeah. and and flying, flying on that and doing... Um, Sort of exciting things, yeah. You know, flying at dusk and fly like before we had the night vision, yeah. And flying to the last bit of civil, you know, the twilight, and uh, but flying for for emergencies and finding lost people yeah. and uh, and doing doing things like that. So search and rescue um, always had a part for people from from St John, and yeah. I certainly served the same number of years I'd yeah. in search and rescue. So. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. You've had a very busy involvement in North Otago, and you still yeah. do. Yes, it's um, it, it's a matter of of, of keeping busy. Yeah. Um, but, but do you find that's yeah. a key to life, like serving, giving, being involved? Yeah, yeah, do you yeah, find yes. that, that there's something of value in? Yes, that? I. It's interesting. I I suppose it sort of shaped my personality or my my thoughts about things. I've attended so many things. Um, in a service role yeah. that when I just go along to be one of the punters, if you will, yeah. um, it doesn't quite feel right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if I go along to the to the AMP show um, just as a – I mean, I, I used to either go along to the AMP show and be on the ambulance in case they fell off the horses or something happened, yeah. or I was on the display tent that St John put up. Um, either way, I was always wearing a uniform yeah. and I was always – um, there or doing something, yeah. um, and and so to actually, if you, as I say, turn up to be one of the punters instead of um, being there in some official capacity, if you will, yeah, um, yeah. so it's a bit different, mm. bit different. Cool. So I've got just a couple of questions for you. Sure. Yeah. So when's the last time you were actively in an ambulance on Ro- the road doing the? Well, it's very interesting. The the um, I had a I had a Plan to work until I was at least seventy. See, I just just yeah. To, yeah. because it wasn't re, wasn't commonly done. 
um, but came past retirement age and for the umpteenth time they did a restructuring in St John mm. and I could either have kept my job with a downsized title um, or, or whatever and anyhow, I'd, I'd already qualified for the gold card yeah. and I decided, no, I don't think I need to go through teaching another bunch of upline managers how it's done. And I don't mean that in any smart way, actually, because the manager coming in, who, by the way, lasted five years before they restructured him out, Mm. and the one that restructured him out has since been restructured out. Um, So you could see that coming, and so I I decided to to step away. So that was 15 years ago. And um, the thing about it, a lot of people soften that blow by part-time or whatever, but that really wasn't open to me or offered. So I was a qualified paramedic at five to five on about five to five on about the twenty twenty what twenty first of September two thousand and seven. At five to five, if you needed a needle in your arm and some fluids or drugs, you I could give been. it to you. Yeah. At one minute past five, that was it. Standing there at the station, wow. I ceased to be a peer paramedic. Yeah. You had to you had to be operational. You didn't you couldn't say oh, I'm a, I'm this or I'm that. So it was real cold turkey, yeah. and it real finished, and it was done. And I began my retirement, but had a chance to come back, um, and that was the thing for when we were between were going to become between managers at council for civil defence manager. Yeah. I, I I was offered to come back on a short term contract, yeah. and that was very amazing experience to come back and take over until the new manager was appointed about yeah. four, four, four months later or whatever. Um, and again, to suddenly have a key to the building and a pass to the headquarters and, yeah. and, and to be, you know, here, there and everywhere and buzzing and doing it again when you're well into retirement. Um, yeah. That was a, yeah, that was a bonus. Yeah. But, you know, good as, good as gold. Well, really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, one last question. Yep. What's the next project, or what's something you want to tick off? Well, that, yeah. yeah, but well, well, well that, that 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 speaks for itself, yeah. and that is that I remain the chair for Forty Five South. Yeah. I remain the administrator, one of the admin, or the only admin, really, yeah. for Forty Five South Page. As mentioned by Gary earlier, yeah. I'm an admin for Omru Memories. Yeah. I'm an admin for St John. Facebook page. I'm an admin for St John Omaru Heritage page. Yeah. Um, so there's all those admin particular roles there. I'm still on the committee for St John and I am one of a two-person group that's looking after St John Heritage, gathering photos, memorabilia yeah. and uh, information together. So we'll work on that while I'm still able to do it. Yeah. Um, and on the same cushion, it's now... What eight years? Nearly yeah, good eight years since I started the building project to build a new ambulance station base yeah. for Omaru. That's progressing. Um, so I, through my membership of the St John Area Committee, I'm still associated with yeah. um, that. Um, and so it would be great to see yeah, that. Yeah. So so you know yeah. that that's been a well, you can imagine it's a rough. It's been a rough pathway, yeah. and it's enough to drive 
you know, anyone to distraction. Yeah. Um, and, and if one part of it isn't working, the other part isn't working, it's sort of mad. But then, of course, um, you know, when we got the knockback um, at council for the proposal to go to a specific site um, and, 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 and uh, members of our community essentially said, well, we're not tolerating that and have <clears throat> made that wonderful donation of land. Uh, it is progressing. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think we'll be lucky to get it up by the 10-year mark. But um, So for me, and that was the question, yeah. um, being there or thereabouts for the building project, yeah. still looking after heritage, yeah. still trying to promote various parts of, yeah. I think, like Omaru Memories, plugging into yeah. the particular eras from the 50s through, yeah. um, connecting people up, um, yeah, no, not much time to stop. No. <laughs> um, well, I just want to thank you. you. What you do for North Otago is, is very important, and the fact that you obviously have a passion for the area and the people and what you do, it really comes through, and it's really important that we have people that are excited, that, that add their time, especially your time, because that's invaluable. And um, But you've added your skills and your knowledge and your wisdom and, and it's just fantastic. And I've just learned so much about who you are and what you've done. Um, but the biggest thing I've wanted to thank you for, and so you've run a business, you've involved in musical theatre, civil defence, but for me it's just probably the the years working as ambulance officer and just it's just how you carry yourself. And, it, and yes, Terry's here, but actually it's who you are and uh, they felt safe. So you made... Um, you made the community safer just by what you carried and who you were, and and that's that's fantastic. So I just want to thank you for that, for making the community safer. You're right, you're not a superhero, and I'm not <laughs> going to say you are, but what you did, it was just, it was fantastic that the community went, Jerry's oh, here, you know, we're going to be okay, or he'll know what to do, and that, that for me is really important, and having people like that. So thank you for doing that for many, many, many years. Very kind, yeah. uh, Damien, mm. and thanks also to Gary, who's yeah. had to go to another out. meeting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, great mm. great privilege to mm. be invited to be part of your podcast progress yeah. uh, project. So thank you very much. No, we, uh, it's good, and I look forward to um, interviewing more people, but... Every time we talk to someone like yourself, we just get we're, we're so impressed. And that's why Gary and I are still doing it. There's so many good people in this district, in the Waitaki, North Otago district, that just get on and get things done. And that's what it's about. That what That's what makes a good community. So thank you for being one of them. You're very welcome. All right. We'll talk to you another time. Mm.